Hello, everybody, and welcome to In the Dom World, a show spotlighting the passion and the people of the Dom community. With your host, Georgette Taylor, former vice president and co-founder of Big Beautiful Dolls. Join her as she talks to fascinating doll artists, customizers, avid collectors, redesigners, authors, and all the people in between as they share their journeys, give us glimpses into their processes, and what propels their passion and drive that help to keep the doll world moving and shaking. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another uh, episode of In the Doll World. I am your host, Georgette Taylor, and as always, I'm so excited to bring you some amazing new doll creators uh, in the doll world. So today is no exception. I am speaking today with Andrea Fertick. She is the CEO and founder of AGC Toys, and she is the creator of Afro Goddess, which is a warrior doll collection. So excited to have her share her journey with you uh, because I've seen these dolls and uh, met her about a year and a half, maybe probably about a year ago at a pitch contest that was given by one of the chambers uh, before my friend Audrey and I developed the uh, Gwinnett Women's Chamber. And we have stayed in contact and I'm just so glad to be able to showcase what it is that she's doing in the doll community. So thank you so much, Andrea, for being on In the Doll World with me. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a special opportunity and I'm really glad to be here. Yes, I'm so glad to have you here and uh, for you to be able to share with my uh, listeners and uh, uh, the people who watch the show on YouTube uh, to talk about your collection and why you got that started. I know you have a really unique story and share your story with us. So my name is Andrea Furtick and I am from Orangeburg, South Carolina, but I reside in the beautiful streets of Atlanta. Um, I have always wanted to be an artist. And so that has always been the journey that life has taken me on. As I grew older and went to college, I went to Savannah College of Art and Design. I realized that the college track wasn't for me and life just wanted me to take a different path. So I left school. I went back home to South Carolina and I really took some time to actually study what it was to be, I guess, a budding Black woman in America in the South today. And so that was really a, a very special situation for me. And so I started to um, create all my artwork around Afrocentric topics and, and theories. And I see the world in a much more... Um, you know, beautiful way than a lot of other people. And so what actually ended up happening was one day I got a random message from a lady I'd sold a painting to in England and she loved the painting. And she said, Hey girl, I really think you should get into the tarot. So didn't know anything about tarot or divination practices at that time. However, I spent like a year and a half just studying it card by card. And then from the topics and the symbolisms that I saw and I felt were important, not just for me, but for the culture and for any other person who came to use it, I created my own tarot deck called the Afro Goddess Tarot Arcanas. So this is the Afro Goddess Tarot Arcanas. It's a holographic edition. This is actually the special edition that U.S. Games uh, licensed for me last year. But the special thing about the Afro Goddess Tarot Arcana is a fully melanated version of the tarot that presents African culture in a really magnificent and really beautiful kind of way. So here's a little glance at uh, the magician card. And so the magician card means that you have everything that you need at all times to do the things that you don't want to, that you need to do. And so even studying tarot, I learned that some and 
probably most in today's age, our African-American community are not necessarily afraid, but in complete misunderstanding of what tarot is altogether. So that became a real journey to bring representation to spiritual practice, to, you know, just what it is to grow up in a path that's not so traditional mainstream. mainstream right. <laughs> so at US Games, um, licensed this deck for me. It gave me an idea because not only did they license this deck, they licensed the Afro Goddess Oracle deck as well. And that provided me with 150 plus characters that I could turn into a really amazing story. Because if you know anything about tarot, you would know that it is simply just a story being told about the person. We all live the same story. It's called the hero's journey. You can look up countless articles about mm -hmm. that topic. Um, I've given speeches on it and it is a really mind-blowing phenomenon of how life is literally the same, even in its differences for all of us. Mm -hmm. So with these 150 characters that we have here, I started to create the Afro Goddess Warrior Doll Project. I always wanted to make dolls. I think I hand-painted like three or four <laughs> on Instagram and it went viral. And then I was like, oh my gosh, can't hand-paint these, don't know what I'm going to do. So the first thing we started with was the Supreme Goddess statuette. So this is actually the Supreme card, which I'd added into the tarot. I'm um, kind of as an Afrocentric representation of balance. So she has balance of her thoughts, of her actions, of her time and her material. And when you think of all of those things, it really creates, you know, a life where you can, you know, kind of master right. and create anything that you want to have. So we made these, but they weren't necessarily cost effective. If you're in the market of building dolls, you would know sometimes if you're not getting the amount that you need, like it costs too much in order to sustain the product. But what we were able to do is prove to the market that people want this product. So then I was like, oh, let's have a Barbie style doll. <laughs> so from her was birthed actual Nova. It's the one that I saw, by the way, just so everybody yeah. get an understanding. Like when she came to the pitch, that was the first thing I saw was this doll. And I was definitely, gra I gra definitely gravitated toward that. This is Nova. And so we're turning her into a Barbie style doll for our younger girls now, because it's come to my realization that we really don't have any evergreen, emotionally intelligent, Afrocentric products in the world. We have a lot of Black dolls budding and they're beautiful. They really are. But it's more than just the outer appearance. And it's time that we show girls that there's that these dolls and the things that we're giving them to entertain them and teach them encompass more than doing your hair mm -hmm. or different types of hair. Like I love all the new products with all yeah, of with the, the Afrocentric hairs yes. and the different types of hair. Mm -hmm. But being a Black person is more than just your hair. It's the heritage. It's the thought process. It's everything that there is mm -hmm. to go into the culture other than just the physical appearance. Right. So yes. from here, we don't want to leave our younger babies out. <laughs> Nova turned in to the plush. And so traveling through this and designing it out in a really cool and amazing way. And I have a very unique tech approach that we can't mention just yet. Um, but I'm super excited to share that uh, with my hopeful new manufacturing partners soon. 
Thank you so much for sharing the, the process of that. And again, I mentioned earlier, the doll was the one that I saw and I just fell in love with her. I thought she was so unique and so different and just so beautiful. And I, I was curious about your journey and I was curious about where you were headed in, in creating that doll. So, um, so I know that you went to Toy Fair. So can you shed some light on, you know, how that experience was for you? And I guess where you at in the process of creating the final doll and also the plush dolls, because I do believe that those are probably closer to production for you than the vinyl doll. But just share a little bit about what your experience was um, at Toy Fair. Okay, so my experience at Toy Fair was really, really cool. Um, I've actually spent several years as an independent manufacturer. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what that means, that means every product that I've ever created from the tarot Mm -hmm. deck to the the statuette Mm -hmm. to books to any of those things, I would facilitate that creation, oversee it, and have it brought over um, from another country. So this is actually a new experience for me going into the licensing world. Um, And we're really only doing this because my independent production outgrew me and I could no longer sustain what it took for me to do that on my own, not physically or financially in order to grow it to the rate it deserved. So I caught on to licensing and I actually attended the Las Vegas Licensing Expo, and that's where I really learned about the process and how at that moment I could go back to just being a creator and not just doing all of those mm-hmm. right brain things right. because I'm so much of a left brain individual. Mm-hmm. But I'm good at the right brain, but you know, <laughs> you have to shop out for the things you're not great at. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So now I just get to go back to being a creator. Mm-hmm. I actually um stumbled upon not necessarily a contest, but an open pitch competition that you had to submit to a committee from the Toy Association. Um, and I submitted the Afrogata plush collection for that Mm -hmm. venture and we were selected and so that's how the Afrogatus brand ended up at Toy Fair Mm -hmm. in like a little blink of an eye because we actually (laughs) didn't intend to go (laughs) but then they chose us and I rearranged my schedule my kids schedule and always grateful for my parents who are Mm -hmm. uh, willing to help and keep them when they need to Mm -hmm. and we took ourselves to Toy Fair and participated in what they called Creative Factor Inventor Day. Mm-hmm. So Creative Factor Inventor Day was a group of about 20 individuals that have new products that are coming out that are looking for manufacturing partners. And so what the idea of the day was, it was supposed to um, not necessarily, you know, be a cheat code, but mm-hmm. like move you ahead into being able to get these meetings with these individuals because they're already in the room. Right. And so I had a really cool experience and I got to meet um, some really fantastic people that are executives and some of the biggest toy companies in the world. And now I'm chatting with them about the large scale mm-hmm. production right. of the got the Afro Goddess Warrior mm-hmm. collection, mm-hmm. because where I used to with, you know, produce it myself on a smaller scale, maybe 500 to a thousand and then bring them in and sell them one by one. And then I have to pack them and ship Mm -hmm. them. That's taking time. I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) I remember those days. (laughs) That is taking time for me as a creator. And when I tell people like I'm the Disney, you don't know yet. I'm literally the Disney you don't know yet. (laughs) And if I'm ever going to realize that dream, I have to make sure I put systems in place Mm -hmm. because I also 
at the same time, I'm a mentor in a program called The Blocks Entrepreneur uh, Reality Show. It's actually just aired on Amazon Prime. Yes, it has. So I've been watching it. I've been Thank watching you. it. Yes. <laughs> I was a contestant in season seven, and I'm now a judge and now a mentor from season 11 and on. Mm-hmm. And so I... I share with them that processes, you know, as we've learned from our, I guess, our little guru, Wes Bergman, (laughs) that your processes are what are able to progress you. And if you're too afraid to put progresses in line or let someone else into the business, you're kind of going to plateau and that's where it Mm -hmm. is. So there was a decision day, I guess, that had to happen and licensing became it. New York Toy Fair has opened tremendous amount of doors for me. So I'm extremely grateful to the Toy Association and that committee that selected me um, to be a part of that. And we were actually featured in the toy book, which is really nice. Exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, right. okay. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a, a really commemorative and wonderful experience. Yes, really, I'm, yes. I'm really excited that that actually happened. Yeah. Um, so I'm just at this point, we're just riding the wave, me and my wonderful agent, Marlene Cuesta, Cuesta Licensing. Mm-hmm. And so now that's my my very godmother. <laughs> and, you know, we're just we're rocking out together. But you know, again. you have to have those people. You know, you have yes, to have those yes. people to help you understand, you know, how you need to grow in that industry. And I, and I think what you were saying was absolutely right. Like when you don't have systems in place or you don't even understand what systems you need in place, to, um, you know, to reach that growth that you need, it is really detrimental to your business. And being a solopreneur, we always want to take on all the jobs because we, this is these are our babies, you know, whether it's a doll or a product or a, you know, a service, it's our baby. And we want to, we want to feel like we're protecting it, but sometimes yeah. we overprotect and it doesn't allow anything to really grow. And so I think the, you know, the advice that was given, obviously he's an amazing entrepreneur and he knows what he's talking about. He's been in business a long time, but to share that with you and for you to receive that and take that in and then say, how can I place my company to grow the way I wanted to grow by, you know, allowing other people to be a part of that. I think it's really um, kudos to you for listening to that. But I think, you know, I know you uh, personally, so I know you have a lot of drive and a lot of heart and you're going to go after what you want. And so um, I I know you made the right decision to do that because that's really kind of who you are because you really want your brand to succeed. And uh, and um, you know, as a solopreneur, it's it's really hard to say, "Hey, come on in and help me with this." Sometimes, sometimes it's hard to ask for yeah. help. You're you're in a great position where you have a lot of people who want to give you help, and so you have to discern a lot of that too. So I think you're doing an amazing job. I mean, you're just in the last year, you have grown so much. You know? Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you really have. It's also been a little bit of, a, quite honestly, destiny at play. Mm-hmm. To be completely fair. All these decisions, I did not sit down and map out. Right. Yes. Some of the things just happen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, for instance, in the creation. But you, but you were ready at some point, right? It's always that yeah. thing of when, yeah. you know, when you're ready to teach your peers, right? If you weren't ready and looking for those things, sometimes even if the teacher shows up, you're not aware of it. But exactly. you were aware yeah. of it because you had already, some of your goals were in place. You already kind of had a vision of what, you know what I mean? I have this doll. I want to create this. I want to make sure that it's seen by everybody. 
And you went and you did you did the work in the front. You did the figurine. You did the you know what I mean. You did those things to put yourself in that place. And I think that's important too. Yes, and you know that that's actually a really good point. So when I made the figurine, in the back of my mind, I knew we wanted to make a doll. And I think at the time I had reached out to a company that I thought mm-hmm. could possibly do it for me, and the price she quoted me was just ridiculous. <laughs> and so that's how I actually ended up making the figurines. And I was talking um, with a friend the other day and we were talking about, you know, just showing the universe that you're willing, Yes, that you're willing to try, that you're willing to do it small, that you're willing to keep going if you fall down, mm-hmm. like all of those things. And just, it, it naturally just kind of ended up here, even though I did do some action in the process, but the universe absolutely met me halfway. Mm-hmm. Very grateful. We're grateful yeah. because, uh, you know, it's just a different twist. The fact that they're there sharing those stories just allows more people to understand what tarot readings about. All of those things helps people to find out a little bit more about who they are. I think I think that's really really powerful. So that's one of the things that drew me to to the dolls. I I just think what you're doing is really powerful. It gives a, a people a different perspective on on who they are in this world. And um and I think your dolls can share that with with uh, with young with young girls and adults. It's really cool. So I know you were talking about the difference between making the figurine and 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 doing a production um a vinyl doll as opposed to a plush doll i've been talking to doll creators for many years uh i've been my own doll creator and i know that manufacturing vinyl is very expensive it has been expensive 20 years ago when we started pick beautiful dolls it is just as expensive now um and i think that holds a lot of uh, a lot of people back that don't have that kind of income to just invest i mean you know it could cost you almost a house really to create a, a vinyl doll so um talk a little bit about sticker shock that you found from trying to create a vinyl doll and is that something that you think holds back a lot of creators it's definitely a barrier um and i even want to say for our you know black and people mm-hmm. of color yep. creators because yep. we don't have the capital to inject into a project like that so my very first project i actually got started on kickstarter mm-hmm. uh the Afrogoddess terror arcanas ran it needed like six thousand mm-hmm. dollars it made about seven i paid for the project and i continuously rolled that money around mm-hmm. um and i ended up being able to create a bunch of other products now the where you say sticker shock, going from publication into the vinyl doll project absolutely had a sticker shock because those decks, those rounds of 500 decks that I would buy would cost me, it started out costing me about $5,000 and then that crept up too. Um, But asking them to make that, there's not just the cost of the product or the doll itself. There is the setup fee, mm-hmm. which is for them to do the 3D rendering of what is going to be done and don't need it changed more than twice because <laughs> extra fees for that. There is the molding the fee, mold, yeah. and that is different between the head and the body. So yep. those are two different prices. Mm-hmm. So the body that I had designed for Nova was a more authentic African body. It was larger, mm-hmm. um, but not too voluptuous, but still, you know, a healthy, bigger, strong woman. Mm-hmm. And that body was going to cost, I want to say she asked me for $12,000 just for the body. Mm-hmm. I had five different dolls. So we would use the same body right. and do five different That's heads. And the us. heads yep. were $2,000 on the mold. Mm-hmm. So now after you paid all the mold costs and the setup costs, 
you get into the price of the actual product. That includes that vinyl doll, the clothing, the hair, depending upon what style or mm-hmm. if they have the hair available, which they probably won't right. because this is a newer you know, genre of Afrocentric product. Mm-hmm. They would not necessarily have the hair that I requested, right. so they have to go find it. Right. Um, then there's the little accessories because we had a sword and a wand and cups that mm-hmm. went with her. Each mm-hmm. of those have a cost. There's the box what they call the bolster, which is the thing that holds the doll in and makes it look Mm -hmm. cute, that Mm -hmm. has a cost. There is the mysterious shipping cost (laughs) that always fluctuates (laughs) and is quite extensive depending upon um, who you use Mm -hmm. and your method of choice. You can put it on a boat or you can put it on a plane, but those prices are very, very different as are what happens in those processes Mm -hmm. and the length of time it takes for you to get it. So there's so many variables in doing that. It really does take a team of people. And quite honestly, I'm extremely impressed with myself that I did it as long (laughs) as I could. And so now I am also impressed with myself that I have figured out the smarter route for a solo entrepreneur Mm -hmm. without a team to get licensing. Right. And licensing allows basically not necessarily a team of people to work for me, but we partner. I come through with ideas and plans and they execute them in a way that I know is going to be market ready. And they'll probably already have the shelf space in the stores that I'm about to try to fight for. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited to get into this journey with licensing and the sticker shock on that actually was a blessing in disguise because. At that time in my career, when I was making that, I didn't know exactly that I could go. I didn't know the route of, Mm -hmm. oh, go get a second mortgage on your house or do all of this or get this type of loan. I was literally flipping it around and paying it my own way. Mm -hmm. And that's wonderful. But had I actually had that capital, I don't know that it would have been the smartest decision to inject it all into creating those dolls at that moment. Mm -hmm. And then what? And so then how would the animation get made? How would marketing be paid for? And so being, I guess, obedient to Destiny's hand and waiting for the moment that seemed like it fit good and it worked correctly, Mm -hmm. licensing fell in my lap and I haven't looked back Mm -hmm. since. That's really, that's really, really, really exciting that licensing is is coming your way because I think it does allow you to, to be the creator that you are. And, you know, you can step back from having, not that you're not making those other decisions, but those other decisions are handled by other people. You share what it is that you, that you want to have, and then they figure out how to make that work for you, right? As opposed to you trying to spend all that time doing all of that. So, um, you know, and you, you are a creator, so that's what you want to spend time on. And I think that's what gets a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in the doll world, caught up because they are creators. And when they have to flip that, that, that script and become, um, you know, the, the marketing team, right. The PR team, the, you know, all of these other, all of these other people that they have to be to move their product forward. Sometimes it becomes a little bit difficult for them because, you know, they are the creators, they have this vision, but they don't, they cannot see how to make it happen for them on the other end, because they just, the thought process is different you know, in, in creating that. So having a team, I think is really, really helpful. 
Um, yeah. And uh, I'm glad that you were able to find a team or that they found you, you know, uh, and that they see something in what, in what it is that you have uh, to bring to market. So uh, I'm excited for you and I'm excited to see what's happening. So um, on that note, um, what advice really would you give other entrepreneurs or creators, right, that, that's looking to make a, a significant impact in the toy industry, especially in the doll world, you know, um, with, with what you have already gone through? My advice to other creators looking to enter the doll or toy industry is quite honestly, be honest with yourself about your capabilities. Mm. We all have really big dreams. We, If you can't break it down into an actionable plan and actually delve out those responsibilities mm -hmm. to other people, the reality is it's often not going to go as far as you foresee because you're literally just one person. And that was a hard lesson for me. It really was. And so I've got it now and I scream <laughs> from the rooftop <laughs> every chance I get. You cannot do it all. Your job is to create, to make beautiful things, mm -hmm. to come up with amazing ideas. And it takes time and energy yes. just to think these things up. You know, sometimes I can just I have dropped my children off to school, come back home, make coffee and just kind of sat at the table for hours. And before I knew it, hours had passed. And it's not that I'm not doing anything. I'm thinking, what am I going to do next? What's going to make this work? How can I make this product better? How am I going to market this? Like even not doing those responsibilities, I have to come up with the plan for it to right. you know, be carried out. Okay. And so trying to come up with the plan, carry out the plan, see <laughs> yes. if the plan works, yep. adjust the plan, relaunch the plan. All of that is so much on one person. It'll just drag you down and it'll kill your creative edge. Yeah. So the best advice I can give is to understand what your power is. Find someone that can give you 80% of you. You'll never find 100% of you. But if they can give you 80% of you, mm -hmm. that will be able to, you know, be directed into something you would find near perfect. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's great advice. That's so great advice because um, it is true. It will drag you down. You know, it will uh, wear you out. You Been know? there. Yeah. You know, and it'll stop you from doing the thing that you really want to do. Um, you will get, you know, you can get discouraged, you know, because it is, like you said, it's not, it's not oh, this is, I'm going to create this and this is going to happen. It is a process for any of that to happen. And, and, and you just have to, you know, you just have to be able to, to switch different, um, different parts of you. And sometimes, like you said, if you, if you really don't have the power in that area, then you really need to find somebody else who does, because otherwise, you know, by the time you spend all your time trying to do things that you're not really sure about you wasted time yes. uh, on the things that you can do so um so thank you for sharing that i really appreciate that um so when you were talking about coming home and taking the kids to school and things like that i know you have young kids i know you you know you're um uh you're out there you know making it happen for them as well um what do they feel about what you're doing because you're building a legacy this is a legacy driven business and uh how do they feel about the dolls that you're creating and what you're doing um, so I have very honest kids and these, this it's is my little focus group. <laughs> yes. This is my little focus group. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting is Nova plush has been made twice. Mm -hmm. And the first time Nova plush was made, she had a wider smile and my younger daughter thought she looked kind of strange. <laughs> and so after I revamped her, gave her, um, the smaller, like cuter lips oh, okay. and all, right. all five of them came in. That's with funny. 
these same like small cute lips okay. and set them all up on the table and I called her downstairs and she said can I have them and that's <laughs> when I knew it worked <laughs> so that's they're wonderful. they're wonderful they're great they listen to my plans my older daughter is more of the help me with the story because oh, nice. she's like that doesn't make sense so what about this and then because she's 13 so she's looking at everything with a very critical eye mm-hmm. so they're my focus group That's my incredible. visual focus group my storyline focus group and I really like having them be able to yes. be involved in yes. the creation of this project mm-hmm. you know and I've even realized um just meeting some of the other creators in the toy industry a lot of those children that are on the boxes in the store, those are the, their actual children. Nice. They're actual kids that they're taking pictures of them playing with these products nice at dolls. home. Mm-hmm. And they're using that. It's yes. not necessarily a photo shoot with these children models that they pick. Those are their actual children. Nice. So I actually can't wait to be able to use my <laughs> to actual use kids, children right? on yes. box so they can grow up and be like, yeah, that was me on that yes. box. That's going to be really, really special. I'm really so excited for you and so proud of you. I mean, uh, being you. in this space because... Because, you know, I think the more of us that are in this space, the the you know better opportunity it is for us to be able to reach out and say, hey, this is what I need. Or, you know, I know that this person did that. I can do that, too. And that's, again, it, it all boils down, right, to representation um, yeah. of who we are as people, you know, what we look like as people, you know, where we come from as people. And, and the more we have represented in the doll space, the more ho- holistic it'll be. So I'm, I'm just I'm just excited to see where you're going. And so, so speaking of that, can you just provide us a little glimpse of the future? Maybe some other exciting products you have coming up? Okay, so the future of AGC Toys at the moment is very bright. And I can't tell you exactly how, but you'll be able to see her in a very amazing way of quarter four next year in a large retail store. The very vague <laughs> pop the champagne bottle <laughs> kind of answer. Okay. Now, you know, we'll be having a release here in Atlanta, even though it's not necessarily a toy city. It is That's our okay. city and Atlanta influences yeah. everything. So exactly. we will be having a fantastic um, opening here for Nova and her friends in Atlanta when that moment comes and probably in LA as well. Um, after that, I will not after, but in contingency to that, I have been exploring a lot of other categories as far as activity sets, costumes, uh, birthday supplies, pajamas, <laughs> sheets, luggage, just <laughs> having a blast and some very cool invention type toys that I really can't say anything about, but they're mm-hmm. awesome. That's yeah. it. Well, I'm excited. I'm, I'll look for my ticket. <laughs> to that uh, yeah. <laughs> so I could come and be a part of that and just share with the you know the doll community about what's happening so with you um, because I'm sure once people um, see you and hear what you have going on they're going to be definitely intrigued and want to uh, know more about Afro Goddess Warrior Doll Collection and uh, I'm just so glad to be able to share this with everybody because I think it's a little different you know again like I want people to see the journey and, and, and you know um, talk to people who are just not not just in the doll world but in the toy world too because they kind of you know they kind of merge you know you know here and there and and understand how you know the process is for bringing a doll to market and and yeah you can do very variations of what it is that you're thinking about creating 
you know, I mean, you had a figurine, uh, you had a vinyl doll, now you have a plush doll, and all of those are important, and all of them make statements in different areas of the of the doll community and the toy world. So, um, I'm I'm excited. I'm so excited for you, and I'm really so I'm just so happy. I'm so happy to see you there, and happy to see see that you're sharing these beautiful dolls with everybody. So, uh, can you just Tell everybody where they can find you, where they could uh, see what see what uh, you have uh, coming up and what's happening for you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can always find me at agctoysinc.com and you can follow all of our social medias with that same handle. So agctoys with an S, Inc, I-N-C. And that will take you through our Instagram. We have a Facebook group where I share a lot of the behind the scenes motions of the creation. So you may be interested in joining that. And we have a mailing list that you can join from our website that'll keep you completely up to date when everything's dropping and happening and all of the little special things that I share. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for being with us on the Dial. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a wonderful time. I'm looking forward to sharing more with you all again in the future. Bye. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to In the Doll World. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please don't forget to share the podcast with other doll enthusiasts such as yourself. They can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at In the Doll World. The show can also be downloaded on all apps where podcasts are streamed. To see videos of our interviews, please visit our In the Doll World YouTube channel. And don't forget, In the Doll World is also on Alexa. Just ask Alexa to open Doll World. Did you know that you can now leave a voicemail or give us a review? We would love to hear from you or suggest a guest for the show. You can do all that by visiting www.inthedollworld.com. And until next week, add a little play into your life by collecting a doll, sharing a doll, or giving a doll a home. And again, thank you for listening to In the Doll World.